in a world where blockbuster movies are made and enjoyed. Millions of people watch them, awards are won, careers are launched, cinematic works of greatness are produced each year, and these two knuckleheads haven't seen them. You're listening to The List We Missed, where we finally watch the movies that everyone else already has. Hi. Nope! 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 This time it's all about me! <laughs> yeah! Episode two for the month! So, hi Jackie! Hi AJ! <laughs> Why do you look like I'm about to murder you? Because <laughs> I knew that you were going to interrupt with some excitement, but I thought I'd get a syllable out and no. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> so, we decided that because we enjoy talking to each other so much and because we have so many movies that we've missed that uh, we were going to up the uh, count on our episodes per month. Yes. We're going to attempt and so far so good. <laughs> we're going to be trying to do two episodes a month. Yes. So, haha, joke's on you. None of you were ready for it and here it is. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise, cockbag! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So last last episode, we did a movie that I missed. We watched one of your favorites, Con Air. Yep. This time, we have watched. Well, rather, I haven't watched. I've watched this movie plenty of times. I watch this movie every year with my father for St. Patrick's Day. It's just become a tradition. Mm-hmm. You got to finally watch the wonderful movie that is the Boondock Saints. I have never seen it before. Spoiler alert, I cannot believe I've never seen this movie. Right? This movie was so good. (laughs) So, assuming people haven't seen this movie, worth talking about really quick here. The Boondock Saints is a cult classic. It's like, it's it's really, it really truly is a cult classic. It's a movie that came out that didn't do that great in the box office. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, college kids, mostly college males, got a hold of it and it just started getting a lot of traction. And now here we are, present day, where like, everybody loves it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, to the point where 10 years after the fact that the first movie came out, they made Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day, which is not anywhere nearly as good as the first. Never is. But it's a lot of fun. Well, that's good. So, and we'll, I'll talk to you about that another time. <laughs> but, yeah, you finally watched The Boondock Saints, and you had, you, uh, how did you miss this? Like, I, re- I want to I talk about how you missed this first, and then I want to talk about the movie. Because any excuse you give me is not good enough. I don't... I don't care that you were graduating <laughs> high school. I don't care that you were, you know, getting ready for college. I yeah, don't this, care. This, I mean, honestly, like, this is prime... Like, this movie comes out in the beginning of 1999. Yeah. So, this is my senior year of high school. Um, when you should be fucking around. And, right. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, 17 years old, senior year of high school. You know, even if I missed it when it first came out in the theaters. Like, I then went to college for the next four years. Why didn't I see it then? I truly have no idea why I never watched it. I think it was one of those situations where... I think it, you know, it didn't do great in the theaters. It didn't stay in the theaters very long. So I probably missed it on that level of I wasn't particularly paying attention. So I missed it there. And then when it came to like the whole everybody's watching it on VHS kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like I never really honestly heard of this movie until after I was out of college. Like, and then it was just one of those things where it's like, 
I it legitimately it's was. Uh, it's it's on my list. Fight. Like yeah. I will, yeah. I'll get around to seeing it, and I just never really came upon an opportunity. Plus, no lie, I legitimately knew nothing about it. I knew absolutely nothing about it. When before we sat down tonight to talk about it, I had told AJ that I knew nothing about it. And I said, before I watch this movie, and this is just from having conversations with AJ. Yeah. I said, here's what I know about this movie. Willem Dafoe is in it. Yes. I think it might take place in Boston and it's about Irish people. Guess what? All th- the three of those things are <laughs> true. Technically correct. Yeah. yeah. But that's what, like I I assumed like maybe it was about the NRA and this is like some northern <laughs> Ireland thing or like I don't know. Like I legitimately was completely blind going into this movie. So, let's talk about this really quick. Okay. Uh, first off, just to, not to not to correct you, but to correct you. According to Wikipedia, it came out the end of 1999, officially in Denmark. You said you said uh, beginning of 1999. Oh, you so. know, Wikipedia told me. Wait, in Denmark? It says Denmark, November 19th, 1999, and then I assume everywhere January 21st, 2000, according to Wikipedia. Oh, you know what? what maybe I, I just read that wrong because I saw January, so maybe I just I mixed right. those up. So, so okay. also worth mentioning, like I said earlier, it. It, it, it failed. It failed in the box office. Right. Again, according to Wikipedia, and we all know how good Wikipedia is, but whatever. <laughs> uh, the budget was $6 million, Yeah. And according to Wikipedia, the box office was just about $30,500. Oh, wow. That's what that's what this says. That It, it, says, it, it says dollar sign three zero comma four seven one. That's it. That's not good. Every other time it has, like, it says budget six. Million. It says the word million. This yeah. says thirty thousand dollars. Like, wow! How much of a drop off is that? It couldn't even break a million. It got. It earned none of its money back. Yeah. Couldn't pay the salary of uh, the 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 paycheck to Will Defoe for for even a day of like, of, of, of filming. So so and yet somehow this movie got enough traction where it's it's beloved among the. Uh, those who have seen it, yeah, and to the point where, where, like I said, it got a sequel, and people desperately, desperately want a third one because the sequel left off on a cliffhanger. Oh, and really? Yeah, like there's a whole I, thing here. So, yeah, I, I have no good excuse. Like it just, well, that was like when Lord of the Rings came out. Uh-huh. I didn't see any of the Lord of the Rings movies until the third one was in the theater. Two thousand three. Yeah. yeah, and when my friends were like, "How have you not seen the first two? And I'm like, <laughs> "You're I legitimately, a nerd. Come on!" Yeah, like legitimately, I'm like, I just haven't gotten around to it. I definitely want to see it, yeah. but I just, I, I just, I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't gotten around to it. It's not like super high priority, right. but it's something I'd like to do eventually. Mm-hmm. And and it was like, okay, well, we're all going to see the Return of the King, uh-huh. so I had to cram and watch the other two movies. You know, spoiler alert, amazing. Yep. And I saw. <laughs> That movie, I saw Return of the King once with my friends. I went back once more to see it, like, in between, like, I had, like, downtime in between classes, and I was like, I want to go see Lord of the Rings again. Um, And then I (laughs) saw it with another group of friends. So I saw that one a couple times in the theater. But yeah, like, I'm I'm such a shithead with that kind of stuff, because it's like, I want to see this. This is why we have this podcast. (laughs) It's because I knew that one day in in the 2020s that I would want to do a podcast with you. Before I even knew you, I was like, I'm going to save this. (laughs) I'm going to, because I just feel like one day I'm going to have this bestie and we're going to watch movies together. That's really, that's my excuse. You know, as touching as that is, I don't believe you. (laughs) That's, that's my, no, I'm going to hold to it that I didn't see Boondock Saints because I was saving it for this moment. (laughs) So, so this movie takes place 
in Boston. Ding. Oh man, check <laughs> check one. Check. Uh, it, it it starts off where we are watching two brothers, and they are they're Irish. They're they're very clearly Irish. Check. <laughs> they got the accent and everything. You got uh uh. Uh, I'm so bad with it, with actor names. Nor- Norman Reedus? Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah. I have no idea who Sean Patrick Flannery is, but I know that Norman Reedus has been in a few different things, including The Walking Dead. The, I, o- I think I only really know Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead. Sean Patrick Flannery could not tell you a single movie he's been in, and I probably wouldn't be able to point him out, like, looking at his face, but I know that name. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only thing. When I saw it, it was starring Sean Patrick Flannery. I'm like, oh my God, that guy. But then I'm like, wait, I have no <laughs> wait, idea no who idea he is. No idea what this is. But I know his name. Like, I definitely know that name. But I didn't recognize his face, honestly. And I can't tell you a movie I'm he's been in. I'm doing a, a quick look through his uh, his uh, movies real quick. And aside from The Boondock Saints, the only, the only movie I could point out where I'm like, oh yeah, I know that movie is... Uh, Saw 3D. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't think I saw Saw 3D. Yeah, well. But is it like Saw 3 in I, 3D? I think, or? It, I think it's Saw 3 and it just happened to be in 3D. But well, I, I, Then I, I've seen it. To be honest, I don't know what I saw. Like, it's a horror genre, <laughs> You're so like, don't come don't, at me with don't, this shit. Don't, don't talk to me. Let me. I, don't, I, I will leave. I will take Dudley with me. <laughs> Stop. You can't <laughs> Realize you're going to fight me and then Chad. I think I can outrun you. And then Chad. I think I can outrun Chad. <laughs> I like to think anyway. Yeah. But, but anyway. So, so yeah. So, uh, Norm Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery, they are brothers. And they uh, they work at a, at, a, at, a, at a meat plant. And they, you know, they, they're doing their thing. And they, uh, it happens to be St. Patrick's Day. And they go home. Oh, fun fact. The lady that they're training in the beginning of that movie was in uh, the TV show Glee. She was a gym teacher in that. I don't. I've never seen that. I've never seen Glee. I've literally never watched Glee. Literally never watched Glee. It happened to be on in the background when you know when it was popular, and I just remember that lady. Okay. And then when I started this tradition with my father watching this movie, I was like, Oh, I know that lady. That's it. So, Fair enough. Yeah. No, I've never seen Glee, so I will take your word for it. But uh, but they're you know they're it, it's St. Patrick's Day and it uh, and tomfoolery happens. They go to a bar and this is where the good stuff starts. Am I the one gushing on uh, today or do you? You you are. The, I was. Right. I'm sorry. I was. No no. You're through. fine. I just want you know like I will I will happily just rant. I I want to say that I love the unlikely hero the slightly villainous hero stories uh-huh. so they're vigilantes yeah well, well, like, with the, we're gonna have ourselves yeah so, uh, so like right out the gate like i really like that kind of unlikely hero situation uh-huh um what's his name rocco yeah <laughs> oh my god rocco the, the, i uh, <laughs> i equated him package boy it's like sometimes in a movie there's just like this this one character that's just so much fun i guess i'm gonna assume you've never seen braveheart correct okay so in braveheart there's this character named steven okay he's basically like a rocco where he's like just kind of this one character that's just like kind of loud and out there and fun and he's not the main character by any stretch and the story does not revolve around him but like you walk away going steven (laughs) right steven you walk away from this rocco exactly (laughs) and that's how i felt like i it's so funny watching it because i was like oh my god he's like the steven from braveheart Uh (laughs) 
So so they so they're at the bar mm-hmm. at their at their their local bar their their favorite bar whatever it is. Who's the bartender at that bar? Oh, I don't know, Jackie. Would you like to tell me since you already spoiled that for me? Because I are I already knew this. I knew this, and I was so excited to tell you because I knew that you would care, and you already recognized it. Yes. So my very first note <laughs> in the opening of this movie when we're watching it when they're at the bar, there's this old man bartender. Oh, I just hit my knuckles. Uh-huh. There's this old man bartender. Fuck. Ass! And I was like, oh my god, that's the old man from Fraggle Rock! And then I was like, no, 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 no. That could not be the old man from Fraggle Rock, because he just said bad words. Uh And the old man from Fraggle Rock would not say bad words. (laughs) Oh boy, was I wrong. Because that was Doc, father of Sprocket from Fraggle Rock. Saying he's got Tourette's, yeah. he's got Tourette's, yeah. and he keeps screaming "fuck ass" in this movie. But he's like wonderful and he's loving and he takes care of the boys. And I was so excited to see Doc in this movie. And his name in this movie is also Doc, uh-huh. so convenient. Like I, I was just, I was absolutely tickled. But yes, that was the first thing I noticed in this movie. Yeah. Chad had told me as the credits were rolling, like you know Norman Reedus Walking Dead, and I'm like, okay, yay, that's fun. Like mm-hmm. little baby Norman Reedus. Yeah. More excited that Doc was in this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, so so they are, uh, so, yes, Doc is in this movie. He is the bartender. And at the end of the night, they're closing up shop. And he happens to tell uh, the crew that's there, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to close down. We're, we're, I'm, I'm closing up here, but I, I, I can't do it anymore. And they're like, oh, come on, really? Like, what, 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 why? And this is where we really learn. Like, it gets mentioned when Rocco first walks into the bar in, uh, in a text line. You know, he is a package boy for the Italian mafia. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, well, maybe I could talk to my boss and we can, you know, work something out. And everybody's like, you know, Rocco, you're fucking stupid. And then somehow, for some reason, the Russia mafia shows up. You know, as I assume do. Doc got into some trouble <laughs> and went to the wrong people. Yeah. So, and they're like, you know, oh, okay. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Isn't there an Irish mafia? And if there was, wouldn't it be in Boston? Like, well, I think that was part of it. Like, I was kind of waiting for, like, where's the Irish mob? Where's all the Irish? Like, are, is, is there not Irish mob? Like, I knew there was Italian mob. I knew there was Russian mob. There has to be Irish mob. I mean, to be fair, it's St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, every <laughs> everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day, so just pull up a chair and have a drink with us. <laughs> is it like vampires in the Buffy universe? <laughs> Where, like, on Halloween... They purposely don't go out because it's Halloween. Does the Irish mob purposely stay home on St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they're probably all drinking. That's very true. <laughs> they are drunk at this but, point. So Ro- Russian Mafia shows up and, and it's three guys and they're like, you know, everybody get the fuck out. We got to talk to the bartender. And the, and, the, and the, the crew's like, hell no, this is, you're on our turf. And, you know, and they try to play nice. Like I said, everybody's <laughs> Irish on St. Patty's Day. Have a drink. And they're like, nope, nope, none of that. And then we have some fun. <laughs> we have so much fun. We have a, a good old-fashioned bar fight. Yes. Like, to the point where somebody's butt gets lit on fire. You know what? <laughs> here's here's something. So this movie does, it, it does a really fun thing with time. Yeah. Because sometimes we're seeing a scene that takes place after it has already taken place. Mm-hmm. And the murder scene is shown first. And you see the two, it turned out, Russian mafia guys. And one of them has a bandage on his butt. Uh-huh. But we don't know what happened. Uh-huh. And when we get the flashback of the bar fight, when I first saw the guy laying on the bar and I saw they had the bottle, 
I first thought I was like, oh no, they're gonna put it up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? This movie could have done that. Yeah. This really but they done they that. just lit his butt on fire. Like they just poured the alcohol in his pants and they lit him on fire. So yeah, so we so we so we're in the we're in this alleyway where we see the two dead Russian mafia right. guys with these bandages, and we have our three lovely detectives trying to figure out what the hell happened. These two guys were drinking on St. Patty's Day, and they decided to take a shortcut through the alley. Wrong fucking alley. You know, they're drunk off the ass. That was my first ever, ever interaction with this movie. Was somebody playing the scene for me where where the where Green really? where Green Bee goes does the whole spiel? Yeah, you know, true. I, I love that scene. It's it it warms my heart just <laughs> thinking about it. And they're trying to figure it out, and uh, and Creepy's an idiot saying, you know, you know, we got a we got a serial crusher and <laughs> kill people. God, I love this movie so much. Uh but. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm now laughing, thinking about how all the fun things playing in my head. We get Willem Dafoe showing up, listening to the idiocracy that is Green Beans. Green Beans. The Willem Dafoe character is a lot to unwrap. First of all, he's a good guy. He's a great I, guy. I love Willem Dafoe, and I especially love. I like him when he plays a villain. I love him when he plays a good guy uh-huh. because I think he's just. He's got a face for a villain, oh, and always. I mean that in like the nicest possible way. Oh yeah. So when he plays a good guy, for some reason that villain face becomes instantly endearing. Yeah. And like he is, like he is a good guy in this movie. Like he is trying to be, like the best possible. He's FBI. Yeah, he's with the feds. He's he's, he's trying to legitimately be the best possible. FBI agent that he could be, mm-hmm. but at the same time he fucks with the local cops so hard and it's amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he makes them his bitch yes and it's wonderful to the point where he has yeah. to go get a cup of coffee and a bagel <laughs> go get me a coffee a latte <laughs> sweet low <laughs> he like orders him yep. go get me a bagel get me no Great. his his character he's a very brilliant fbi agent yeah and like one, one of the best if not the best yeah like he's one of those like almost sherlock holmesy kind of mm-hmm. you know he can do that whole, like, deduction thing yes. where it's like, you know, because of X, Y, and Z, I noticed A, B, and C. You get a lot of, you get a lot of feeling where, like, he's, he's been around the block a lot. He's very experienced, so, you know, it, nothing really surprises him. He used the, the, the logic behind it, mm-hmm. knowing, his, knowing history of uh, that. He knows that these two are mafia, so he figures there has to be some foul play here. There has to be guns involved or something. I really enjoyed the the character the character identity of him plugging in some earbuds with a Walkman strapped to his belt. It was not a Walkman. It wasn't. It was a Discman. Oh, my fault. You gotta know your technology. Uh, it was a Discman, and I was like, "Ooh, kick that bass boost!" <laughs> because anybody uh, that lived with a Discman and the struggles of what do you do with your Discman? Put it on your belt. Okay, that, that's I what he did. Didn't wear a belt. Like that's the kind of thing where. <laughs> The Walkman fit in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Discman said, fuck you. And like, you generally had to carry your Discman. Right. <laughs> because here's the thing. Honestly, I call bullshit on that scene. Because if you clip your Discman to your belt, mm-hmm. and then you're walking around and moving, that shit is skipping nonstop. Did you see how smoothly that man walked? That's true. If anybody could have a skipless <laughs> Walkman or Discman situation, it would be that character. Like the- but in real life, you don't clip it to your belt because any movement... Your CD is skipping constantly. <laughs> so I am going to call bullshit on that scene 
But that's fine. But it is, for Willem Dafoe, I will allow it to slide, because he is a graceful motherfucker. He was so graceful. <laughs> so anyway, he, uh, he, he deduces, you know, that uh, we, we have, we have uh, some ordinary people finding themselves in an extraordinary situation. And yes, I'm throwing a lot of quotes from the movie in on this because I love this movie. But uh, he he you know he he figures out and he's and he's talking to the cops like we're gonna find these guys. It's gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this by the books. We're gonna get these guys and it's gonna be fine. You know whatever. To the point where the the idiot detective that they make him out to be. Oh God, I love this. I need to remember that this character is the idiot okay he is the idiot among the group of detectives and that's a very important character trait for something that happens later on in the movie but anyway he just he he, he says at some point when uh uh, uh willem dafoe is yelling at everybody for leaking to the press that that we have a couple of vigilantes that did some good by taking out some the mafia and you know whatever and uh, green green bean just says you know we, the best thing we can do is drag a potato through the street and try and find them to, to come out here. Thanks for coming out. But they're probably miles and miles away. And here they come walking in because they had nothing to hide. It was self-defense. What did they care? Like, they know exactly what happened. They know that they're in the right. And you'd have better luck getting us with a beer. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's it's seriously, the, the brothers in this movie, and I know, I, I know I just called Willem Dafoe endearing, but, like, the brothers in this movie... Their relationship is so good. They are such likable characters yeah. that do horrible things. <laughs> uh, self-defense or not, like, you know... It started with self-defense. It started with self-defense, and then they, 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 you know, they become vigilante murderers. Yeah. They don't do nice things, but they remain likable the entire All time. Yep. Um... And I don't, I don't want to skip ahead because I know you're very excited. But when we get to their first official yeah. mob kill, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could not stop laughing. <laughs> like uh, this movie, this movie. They're brothers. Is they, it? They yeah. played the brother card so well. I don't think I'm assuming this movie is not technically a comedy, or is it like a black comedy, or is it a? Because like there were definitely some legitimately seriously funny moments in this movie oh, yeah. that were surprising, but it was nice like levity to. It's labeled as a vigilante action thriller film. Okay, I'll take that. So, uh, peppered in with some really comedic moments, wonderfully comedic moments. Yes. Uh, so they they tell their story to the to Willem Dafoe. Uh, what is his character's name? What is his character's name? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Smecker, Paul Smecker. Yeah, Smecker. That's a fun name. Anyway, so they they, they tell Smecker, you know what happened, leaving out a couple different details. A couple, yeah, yeah. couple, couple little details. Uh, like the fact that they had guns and they kept the guns. They had money and they kept the money and the pager and all that kind of stuff. But like everything else, you know, they we got into a bar fight with them. They couldn't handle the fact that they lost. They came back to after us when we were, you know, getting ready for bed or something. Drug us out. We're gonna, you know, strapped us to a toilet. Tried to kill us. Blah blah blah. And we were just self, you know, defending ourselves. You know, like I said, ordinary people in an extraordinary situation, and they happen to come out on top. So great. And Smacker is like, yeah, that's fine. You know what? I believe you. That all checks out for me. We're gonna get you off. Like the fact that you, the fact that these guys, you murdered them. We're just gonna 
we're going to write it off, you know? Yeah. Like, and they get through. And they, they want to stay away from the media so much that they spend the night in prison. Not, like, in a jail cell, in a couple mm-hmm. of the beds, because they really don't... But, like, it's cool, because they're not there. They're, bare, they're there by choice. They're not there right. for whatever reason. And then that night... Oh, worth mentioning. They're Catholic, and they are very religious. Yes. To the point where they have, like, a tattoos of Jesus on them. Yeah, they are <laughs> avid churchgoers, yeah. and they are well enough known in their church that they can kind of get away with whatever. Whatever. Like, they walk up and... Uh, yeah, during the, the one sermon, yeah, they kind of just walk up, they genuflect. They they kiss uh, they kiss the feet and Yeah, and then they walk out. out, and they were like, you yeah. know... Yeah, that's so, right. So, uh, they have... They have that, that night, they have... I don't know what you want to call it. Is that a vision, a divine experience? Yeah, whatever. I, I don't know what you want to call it, but they are essentially being baptized with water raining down from the ceiling. And the sermon that got played in the beginning of the movie, talking about how there are certain kinds of evil, one of the evils being just men turning a blind eye. And they're like, you know, we know what we got to do now. It's, they, get, they get a calling. They, you know, like yeah. they, they get their religious calling of they need to take out the bad guys. Yeah. They need to they need to take out that which is evil so that what what's good may flourish. Mm-hmm. And okay. Okay. They they wake up the next morning and you can see in their eyes, they're like, We're doing this. <laughs> we are really doing this. So when they when the when they killed the Russian mob guys, they took their guns, they took their money when they were fleeing the scene. They also took the one guy's beeper. They get a beep on the beeper. They get a number, and they call that number. Oh, we should mention that yeah. not only are these good guys, very church-going, good Christian boys, yeah. also very smart and yes. speak many languages. Yes. So when they called back to the Russian, Russian the number on the beeper, they just kind of, in Russian, was like, yeah, what's Yabble. up? You know? <laughs> and, like, they instantly got the details of where, like, the meet was going to be. Like, yeah. the, the meeting was going to be. They find out where all the, where basically where uh, the mafia head is going to be. And that, and all the mob, the, the, the underling bosses, you know, yeah. whatever. There, there's the boss, and then there's all the, the crew. Yeah, underbosses, whatever you want to call it. They're all going to be at the presidential suite at this hotel. This time, don't be late, blah, blah, blah. Great. They now have their next mission. Yeah. You know, they they called into to the office and said, hey, guys, what you got for me? Well, guess what? We got, uh, how many people was it? Uh, well, it was more than six, because there's only six bullets on a revolver. I think there was, like, nine? Eight or nine? Because they made it a point, and we'll get to it, <laughs> but it was more than six, because there's only six bullets in a revolver. Right. So uh, they go, they, 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 they show their, their worth, and uh, they go to a supplier. Yeah, and, some weapons guy. And they get weapons and jackets and... Rope. You useless, you stupid fucking rope. <laughs> okay, Rambo. Yeah, the, the one brother really wants rope. He, he's, he's determined. He wants rope. You need rope. Rope is good for every situation. Mm-hmm. And the other brother was like, what the fuck are you want? Ro- ro- we're getting guns. We're looking at bazookas. <laughs> and you want fucking rope? But yeah, that's, that brother who's making fun of rope also got a massive yeah. knife. <laughs> like, and, and again, this is where some of the chemistry of them being brothers shows up. Yeah. You know? They, they, are, they have that bicker, like, brothers situation. Fine, go ahead on. and get your stupid fucking rope. I will. I'll get my good fucking rope. It's good rope right here. <laughs> So and he gets his rope. So anyway, so they uh, so then we have another. We basically have another time jump, right? Mm-hmm. Where all of a sudden we are, we fast forward to 
The crime scene. The crime scene. We also learn a fun trait about Smecker right before this, because Smecker gets a phone call while he's in bed. Yes. But, you know. Fun character trait that I don't know... It, 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 I don't know if it needed to be there, but it was fun. Yeah, I don't know. They reveal that, that Schmecker is gay. Yeah. And it's really not brought up it's just kind of like he's in bed with a guy but like it's not he's gay but yeah he's he doesn't like the guy cuddling him oh yeah uh. yeah he's he's an interesting he's like an, he really is an interesting character with a lot of layers to him and yeah it's really never a thing that's made like it's just like, a, it's a, just a it's a okay, character that, treat yeah. he's that's in him. bed and honestly for a movie coming out in 1999 to Ballsy. me it's kind of like a big deal that yeah. like it was not made, at no point is it, like, brought against the character. Mm-hmm. At no point, really, is it even mentioned at all after that. Like, yeah. you're like, okay, maybe some of his flourishes and mannerisms are a bit more effeminate now that I know that he's gay. But, yeah. like, it's really never mentioned of again. It's just like, okay, he's gay. And yeah. good for you, 1999. So, I'll take it. So, they, so, we, so we fast forward to the... To the the crime scene and there's a bunch of guys dead you know and it's we got our three detectives and we got smacker and you know uh how many guys are dead uh Gr- greenby uh eight. Oh fuck i forgot the guy behind the couch nine nine i think that i'm pretty sure that's that's yeah. the number but there's this whole new thing happening where this looks professionally done mm-hmm. in that there's nine guys dead very quickly it had to be quickly if there's nine guys there like they're all yeah. armed and they're all staged now with their arms crossed and pennies over their eyes. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, Smecker's, like, starting to think some deep's going on here. Like, there's something going on. <laughs> Who knows? And then, of course, we get our cut back to the brothers infiltrating the, the hotel. It should be pointed out that the hotel room that they are in, it's a very, very distinct layout. It almost is one of those rooms, like the room has like, in the middle it kind of sinks in and there's a very large circular couch mm-hmm. that's around this kind of like drop it's in It's for entertainment. Area. It's definitely yeah. for entertainment. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the circular couch that goes around this drop in area. So, yes, we get back to the brothers the, are the, at the hotel. They're, they're at the hotel and they're infiltrating and how do they, how, how else would you infiltrate a room in 1999? I've seen plenty of movies. You go in through the ductwork. Always through the ductwork. And they're doing just that. Yes. They're, they're, they are doing, going through the ductwork, tra- traveling through and they get lost. <laughs> They get lost. <laughs> they they and get then, angry. Yeah, they start punching each other in this gets, tight ass gets space. Gets really angry because now he's like lugging around his brother's fucking rope <laughs> right. that he insisted on bringing. Uh-huh. And they start fighting. And rocking the boat until the point where the ductwork gives out and they fall through the ceiling and they get tangled up in the rope hanging <laughs> hanging by their legs, spinning around as, the, as they're hanging upside down and taking very precise shots with silencers, killing everybody. <laughs> That scene, like, that scene is what cemented. I remember watching that scene and going, this movie is awesome. (laughs) Like, that particular, I enjoyed the movie up to that point. Uh That scene, when they are accidentally falling through the ceiling, upside down, tangled in ropes, spinning around, shooting their guns, killing everybody. I was like, this movie is fucking awesome. And that was the moment that it, it really clicked for me. It's so good. So, they kill everybody. Great. And guess what? There's a money full of cat. 
or a money full of cash. There's a briefcase full of cash. Great. We have now found some new jobs. New income. This yeah. is great. And then there's a knock on the door. And who is it but Jafar? <gasps> it's Jafar. No, it's not. It's Rocco. <laughs> With a stupid ass name tag that says Jafar. And they're like, this is a break, big break. He's finally getting his chance. We gotta fuck with them, <laughs> and they drag him in and yell at him to be like, "They're they're basically gonna kill him." Like they're they're actually yeah, they've gonna got kill their him. masks on, so he doesn't know who it is, and, and they're like threatening him, and they're gonna kill him, and but, blah blah blah. But Rocco eventually looks around the room and is like, "You know, oh, you guys must be backup. Like I I'm I'm Rocco. I'm the funny man. Like I I'm you know that's not my name. Point of the name tag." And they finally they reveal that it's that it's them and and all that good crap. And then we get a wonderful wonderful line from Rocco. Do you know which line I'm talking about? I don't. Really? I really don't know it's which one he it's, it's the line where he's starting to really grasp what happened in this room. Fucking, what the fucking fuck? Who the fuck fucking this fucking? How did you two fucking fucks fuck? That's right. <laughs> it's, it's such a good line. And, and he's just, he, he's baffled at what he sees. Yeah. And, uh, uh then we cut to Paul Smecker figuring out what happened. Bad television. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start fast forwarding this because otherwise I could sit here for two hours. Right. So we get so the brothers and Rocco are are back at Rocco's place and we get this really awesome montage. Cause basically it's like the three of them are like, okay, like this this is our new venture. This is what we're gonna do. Uh-huh. They also kind of at the same time are like, hey. Hey, Rocco. Rocco. You, you got set up. Yeah, you, you were set up to be killed. And Rocco was like, no way. No fucking way. And they were like, dude, you were given a revolver uh-huh. with six bullets. Yep. There were nine guys in there. What? Because he was told that there, Rocco was told there was two guys there. Mm-hmm. Go take them out. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you knew, they knew there were going to be more than two guys. Like, they were setting you up. So Rocco, I think, he kind of like comes to grip with... What could have happened? Anyway, the three of them are like, let's go into business. And then we get this montage. We get this, like, drinking montage that happens. <laughs> poor cat. Oh, the poor cat. I'm, I'm not a big cat person, so I'm like, all right. But whatever. how much did that shock you? Oh, that one, yeah. That yeah. One, that, I actually rewound it and watched it again. Because, like, it was, it was one of those things where I was, like, watching and writing something down. And then I heard a shot and I saw blood. And I'm like, wait, what happened? And I had to rewind it <laughs> yeah, and watch it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, the first time I saw it, I was like, whoa. Anyway, uh, Rocco finally comes to terms with what happened. And he ends up letting loose on everybody and uh, in a diner. Yeah. And, and uh, whatever. That, 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 he lets loose on a diner. Great. Fast forward, uh, Rocco finally realizing what has happened. He's asking the, the brothers, like, you know, okay, so how do you guys, like, how do you guys pick who, who you're doing, like, who you're going to knock off? And they're like, oh, the first couple kind of just fell on our lap. We don't really have a real way of figuring it out. And then Rocco's like, me, me, yeah. I'm the guy. I know everybody. I know where they live. I know who they're fucking. We could kill everybody. <laughs> And somehow they are strangely okay with it. Yeah, they're like, eh. So then they decide to go and kill a porn star. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Were you surprised to see that? I was surprised to see Ron Jeremy. I was like, hey, <laughs> like, that's Ron Jeremy. What's he doing? But yeah. of course, you know what? He was in He's other movies. He's been a bag. Yeah, he's been in other movies at this time, so it really didn't, like mainstream movies. Yeah. Um, I can happily report I have never seen a Ron Jeremy porn. Because Same. Because I don't want 
to see, see a Ron, Ron Jeremy porn. <laughs> um, he's like a gnarly, like hairy dude. Apparently, he has a gigantic wiener, which you know what? Good on him, or good, you know, when he was alive. I think he's dead now. Is he? Uh, I think he oh. did die. Well, he, um, he died in this movie. He did die in this movie. <laughs> well, he's the one that I think basically was behind the Rocco hit. Wasn't Probably. He, I think that they, they definitely, said they, that it was like it was his idea. They or definitely like that. didn't get along. Like, yeah. Like like Ron, Jer- like Ron Jeremy and, and Rocco did not get along. It was very clear in the scene that they were in together. So yeah. So they go and they 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 kill Ron Jeremy in a in a in a in a strip club basically because why not? And they happen to find a couple other guys there that they don't, that are bad guys and they kill them too. And this is this is their life now. They kill bad guys because they are bad. That yes. that that's what it really boils down to. If you're if you're a bad person, you're gonna get shot. And uh, then we cut back to Smecker and the detectives looking at this, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And then Smecker, you know, finding out about the the diner scene and yelling at everybody for not telling him about that. Every low life in in Boston's dropping dead. You don't think that this has anything to do with what's happening? He gets over there. He's they're looking at it and he's lost. He doesn't know what to do next. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ron Jeremy's still alive. Oh, why did I think he was dead? No, I don't no. know why I thought he was dead, but Ron <laughs> just Jeremy is still alive, and I think he's in jail. Oh. Um, for sexual assault charges. Gross. Somehow, um, okay. somehow, not surprising. <laughs> uh, oh, that's really icky if that's no. true. Okay, anyway. Like, <laughs> Glad he died in the movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Smecker uh, is completely lost and goes and gets drunk in a bar. Yes. To the point where he is stumbling out the next morning. Yeah. And. Wait, didn't that happen after he figured out who Rocco was? You're right, it did. You're right, it did. Because I remember he comes stumbling out of the bar yeah, that's and so Rocco much, is walking that, down the street. That's right, that's so much later. It's after he loses his thumb. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Damn. How did I get that wrong? Whoops. I don't know. Oh, whatever. I, I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. <laughs> you know, it's one of the, you've I'm seen trying, it so many times. I'm trying times, to fast forward like, this because yeah. I've been talking about this for almost 40 minutes for now. almost 40 minutes now. <laughs> um, okay, so, whoops, my fault. Sorry, everybody who really loves this movie. Don't mind me. Excuse me. So, yeah, so they're, they keep doing these killings. Schmecker keeps figuring it out, and he is convinced that, like, these are, like, the most premier hitman. Yeah, it's hitman. the mob. It's the mob it's, against the mob. It's it's like these premier elite, like the best of the best hitmen. Yeah, not these two guys. Aside from you know, bad movies. Right. <laughs> um, he's starting to see a couple not flaws in the kills, but there's like a little bit that's like off. So Things then he's like, there's got to be like a third person or something. Like there's mm-hmm. somebody with them, and so the Italian. Mafia guys realize that like Rocco is the one that was like yeah. he shot up the people in the diner. Mm-hmm. He knows that we know that he knows yep. that we were putting the hit out on him. So they set him up. So they set him up with apparently like El the Duce. worst, the worst of the worst hitmen. El Duce. They put out a hit on Rocco for El Duce to come and yeah. fucking wreck. They shop. get they get the, they get El Duce. So the Italian mafia gets El Duce out of the maximum security prison that's nearby when he had twenty five to life without parole or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he gets out on parole. Yes. <laughs> Somehow connections, money. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, they get him out, and they and the Italian mafia hires El Duce specifically to take out Rocco and and company. 
and the, and Rocco and company go, and they kill another hit guy. You know, yeah. they kill the, all the friends there. Whatever. Fun scene, great scene where we have where we have Smecker talking about what happened at that house. Yeah, and like literally the flashback is taking place at the same exact time as so, Smecker talking about. Yes, yeah, like he is in the scene while not being in the in the action. There's this great scene where he's describing what is happening, and he kind of like is using the finger, finger guns, guns. Yeah, but he literally is next to Rocco. Rocco actually shooting guns. real guns. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just a very cool scene. It's a very cool culmination of the whole movie. We have had this time jump back and forth between Schmecker and the brothers actually making the killings. Yeah. They put them both together in the scene. Again, another moment where it was like, God damn, this movie is awesome. Th- that scene felt like the scene uh, that they put the most effort and time and energy yeah. well, into. Well, it, it's a huge, it's a huge, huge, huge production. moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- so in this scene, Rocco gets his finger blown off. Uh, the boys do get shot up a little bit, but they, nothing that they, can't be fixed. Yeah, nothing can be fixed, and they and they're smart enough to know that they need to get rid of the, the evidence, and they and they spray all the blood down with with ammonia. And, yeah, and yeah. So you can't figure out who it is, which is which is what Smecker like. It gets him to a point where he's like, "We have no idea who these guys is." He's freaking out. We have this evidence now, and it's fucking useless because they sprayed it with ammonia again. These are the most elite hitmen. Yeah. Like, these are the smartest fuckers on the planet. And he is getting so upset, and he, like, is in such frustration, and he's kind of, like, walking all around the front yard, and he finds a the finger. Fi- finger? Finger thumb. Yeah, pinky, yeah, something like that. He finds, a f- yeah, it's his pinky. He finds the pinky, and he kind of just puts it in he his calmly, pocket. He calmly picks it he's up. Just, because he's like, he's got something now. Um, and, of course, this is where he... He takes it back. He yeah, he does. He like fingerprints it. Obviously, Rocco's prints are in the mm-hmm. in, in the, the system. system, and and he then he knows. remembers who he is. He knows who he is, and then he remembers that he was the one that brought the clothes for the brothers, and it's all making sense that it's the brothers. It's those two guys, and he doesn't want to take them out because he knows he, they're good guys. He gets hit with this huge moral dilemma. He gets drunk. Yeah, he gets drunk. He stumbles into a church. Yep. Yeah. At the very same time that he's stumbling into that church, the brothers, who again, devout Christians, mm-hmm. go to mass on They're going to church on Sunday, so yeah. they're there. Well, Rocco sees Schmecker go in there, and Schmecker. he's like... It's just Schmecker, I think. I don't think it's Schmecker. It, oh, it's just Schmecker? Schmecker. Schmecker. Yeah. So he sees him go in there, and he's like, that guy, he knows that he knows. Like, I forget how, but he knows that, like... We got to take that cop out. That, that cop's getting too close. Uh-huh. He's sniffing around too much. We got to take him out because if anybody's going to bring it down, it's going to be him. Yeah, there was a press conference where he's talking about how, you know, he expects to to, to find the, the, the guys and everything. And the brother's like, you know, he's really good. He's going to figure it out. If he hasn't figured it out already, he's yeah. going to. And, so, and then Rocco's like, we got to kill him. And they're, and they're like, no, he is a good man. He yeah. will not be touched. Yeah. So, but of course, Rocco being Rocco is like, well, fuck it. I'll just go take him out myself. <laughs> I ain't going to church. <laughs> so it's great because, so Willem Dafoe, a Smecker, goes into a confession booth. Yeah. Because he he legitimately wants to confess. He wants advice because he's like, morally, or, or my job as a law-abiding citizen, like, I need to bring these men in. They have committed crimes. Uh-huh. They are the bad guy. Morally... 
I don't think they're wrong. Yeah. And I don't want to bring them in. He's like, I, they are doing what I can't do because my hands are tied with the red tape of my job and bureaucracy. He recognizes you that know? there are flaws in the legal system, that people yes. get off all the time on bail, that they that they could just pay their way through, and, and that these guys don't get hit with, with punishment. So why should he intervene with what's happening when he kind of believes in it? He does. He And, and so as he is telling the priest this, Rocco, Rocco is the has priest. a gun to the priest's head, <laughs> yeah. and behind him, one of the brothers, I forget which one... Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery's character is behind Rocco with a gun to his head. Yeah. And he's like, you don't touch the cop. <laughs> you leave him alone. Like, it's this whole ridiculous scene. It's almost like this brilliant fucking comedy <laughs> happening. Seriously, like, this is this is the purest form. Like, this is almost like Marx Brothers comedy where you've got a gun to the one guy's head mm-hmm. who has a gun to the other guy's head mm-hmm. who is a priest listening to the drunk cop confession. Like, mm-hmm. it is... It was so freaking good. And at the end of it, both Rocco and Sean Patrick Flannery's character hears Willem Dafoe say... I'm gonna help him. I'm gonna help He goes, I know it's them and I believe in them. And I'm going to help them. So, obviously, you know, Willem Dafoe goes off. He doesn't even realize anything that had just happened. Because he was right. he was hungover. All, all of that kind of gets resolved. And then you kind of see them all communicating. Yeah. Like, they're, hey, they're talking about what the next hit's going to yeah, be. We're going after the head of the Italian mafia. We're uh-huh. going after the head mob guy there. And we're going to go to his house. Yep. And we're going to fuck his shit up and, like, end a story. Like, yep. we are going to start, you know, we'll do it. And then they're like, cool, we're going to go to the house cool, thumbs up, we're good. Except, you know, they all knew that it was happening and the, and the Italian exactly. guys had a bunch of guys ready for him and it they was, got him. It was him. a setup. And, and I, just, I, I want to fast forward this a little bit because I want to I talk a little bit about uh, things other than the movie. But uh, but it was a setup, they get captured and the Italian head guy's like, you know what, screw this, I'm done with this and he just sh- straight up shoots Rocco. Yeah, and he kills, he kills Rocco. And Rocco in his last dying breath's like, you know, do not stop just because of this. You can't stop. You need to keep going and, and he dies. And, uh... That was a really heartbreaking scene, real quick, <laughs> because the brothers were so... It was literally like one of the other brothers got shot. Yeah. Like, they were heartbroken. Yeah. Like, they did not think that that's what the outcome was going to be. And the whole time they kept telling be strong, be strong, it's going to be okay, just push through it, just push through the pain. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they thought that that was the outcome, because their reaction to Rocco getting shot and dying was legitimately heartbreaking. Right. And, and... Then and Smecker finds out that that it's all expected. Right. That Smecker Smecker finds out that the Italian guys know that this is happening. That it's a setup, and he's like, "Oh God, I need to do something." And I see something I never thought I'd see in my life. Uh, I see Willem Dafoe cross dress and look damn good doing it. <laughs> Like if I didn't know better, if I was a if I was a guy in the nineties and, and that popped up, like yeah okay, there's a bit of a jawline and and yeah okay, there's an Adam's apple, but like goddamn, yeah he he shows up and seduces his way into the house and starts picking off the mafia guys one by one to find the brothers, but unfortunately he doesn't find the brothers first. No. El Duce finds him first. El Duce and the him only first. reason he survives is because he looks like a woman. And El Duce's uh, 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 mantra or whatever, his, his code is no women, no, no children. children. Men, fine. So, you know, Willem Dafoe gets knocked out and lives, and El Duce shows up. Now, 
a character trait we didn't talk about with El Duce. El Duce is, like we said, a very bad guy. He was a serial killer. He was he was the guy you hired. He was your man with the gun, except he was actually a man with six guns. <laughs> he has a vest that has a bunch of guns on it strapped to him, and he takes them all out, and he's the guy that took out the brothers and the thumb earlier at, the, at that house we were talking about earlier. He was that guy. And got to rewind a minute here. The idiot detective right the mm-hmm. idiot detective is sitting there and smecker's like you know we got uh we got six guys with guns ready for our guys who, were, who who went and killed everybody in this house and and the idiot detective goes well or maybe it was just one guy with six guns but because he's been an idiot the whole time everybody's like shut the hell up but no he was right he was right <laughs> another thing we didn't point out that was very important okay so when the brothers make a kill yeah they kind of say a little prayer yes uh, in Latin. Yes. And at one point, Rocco was like, you guys got to teach me the prayer. The prayer is so cool. Like, teach no, me the prayer. No, no. It's, it's a family thing. It's yeah. my father and his father they're, before they're, they're, It was a, something passed down from father to son for yeah. generations. Like, they kind of, it's, it's their prayer. It's it their is. family prayer. Yes. So, fast forward again to where we are. Uh, El Duce is making his way around. He's got he's killing everybody. Great stuff. And then uh, he comes across the brothers. The brothers are currently sending off their friend. They yeah. they are they are giving the prayer to Rocco to to yeah so El Duce comes in guns rounds the po- corner guns pointed because he's about to take these two boys out here's the prayer he starts reciting the prayer along with them yep it's their father <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I was so excited because that actor who plays El Duce yeah. Billy Connolly yes I. Adore him. Yeah. He is so much fun. Every time he pops up in a movie, I'm super excited. He's got the greatest, like, awesome voice and accent. And he's just, he's a damn good time. He's fun in whatever movie he's in. I really like Billy. He was in um, a series of unfortunate events. Yes. And that's that's where I know. Yeah. And honestly, that's the first thing that pops into mind. I know he's been in a bunch of other things, and I get excited every time I see him in something. But, yes, he was very in, excited. He was in the Hobbit Battle for Five Armies. Yes, he was. I, I, I've never seen that, so I don't know. That's fun. Yeah. That's I, fun. But yes, very excited to see. But yes, when he when it turned out that he was their father, mm-hmm. like that was like the plot twist that I wasn't expecting uh-huh. and could not have been happier to get. <laughs> Couldn't it was delicious and I ate it up with a spoon yeah. and I was so excited. Yeah. So so then we uh we fast forward again and we got the Italian mafia guy, the the the, the leader. And he's gonna get out. He's gonna he's gonna walk away from whatever. Yeah, he's on trial, and it's like, dude, are you kidding me? They're not gonna put him in jail. Yeah. So what do we do instead? We just we, we man takes it into his own hands. Smecker gets him in after recruiting the detectives he's been working with this whole time, mm-hmm. which I think was phenomenal. Yes. And they get into the courtroom and they. Shoot him. They, they shoot the mafia guy. Yeah, so, like, we now have, like, father and son's hitman company. Uh-huh. And, yeah, they basically say... We they make a in, declaration to the world. We are unmasked, know our faces, you are not safe if you're a bad guy. Like, this is basically the, hey, if you commit crimes, we will kill you. Yes. Let it be known. We're telling you right now. You do bad things. You will get your you, justice you will You will die. And it, you will die by our hands. Mm-hmm. Okay? 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 And boom! Kaboom! And, and they shoot the bad guy, and... And they then the next scene is them in a hotel room talking about what their plan is. The father's just like, you know, do you have the willpower to, get, to go as far as this needs to go? And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And the movie ends with a bunch of scenes, like a news reporter interviewing people on the street 
do you think that these guys are right? Do you think these guys are wrong? And it's a lot of yeah. conflict. Do you support a vigilante killer? And you've got people that are like, no, you know, don't, uh, no, like murder is murder. It's not right. That's why we have cops. You guys, you got, you got to have a poster up in the in a kid's bedroom. You got, you got, you got Superman. You got Batman. You got the, the saints. <laughs> oh yeah, they they started calling them the saints. Yes. And then, but so you got people who who are completely against it, and you have other guys who are like, you know, sign me up. I'm ready to get busy. Oh yeah. Oh god, that one guy at the very end of the clip. I'm ready yeah, to get busy. I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it. Sign me up. What are we signing up? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a good film. So. So okay. Surprisingly so, so. Okay. So we've talked about this for over 50 minutes. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to actually cut out of this because <laughs> we've had such a good time talking yeah, about this. We absolutely have. So with all of that said, we already talked about why you missed it. Yeah. Because you're just shitty. Because I'm a terrible <laughs> person. No, I love you. Please don't think that you're <laughs> shitty. But the reason why this is such a, bi- a big movie for me personally is... I didn't watch it for the first time until I was in college because apparently that's what college men do. Yes. They watch the Moondock Saints. I'd heard about it, like I said, I'd seen that scene and it was and that scene was funny to me, whatever. And I I one day was just like, "Hey dad, let's watch this movie because I think you would enjoy it." And he loved it. Yeah. He loved it so much that that to the point where we now every St. Patrick's Day, we I get together with him. And we, I don't drink that much anymore, but I'll usually crack a beer open and I'll drink with him and, and we, and we watch the Boondock Saints and ever since the second movie, we watch the Boondock Saints too and we just have a good old time. It's an excuse. It has nothing to do with St. Patrick's Day aside from the fact that (laughs) that the first day is St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day, yes. So, but it's a fun movie. It's a fun ride. Anybody who hasn't seen it, if you're into action, if you're into funny, if you're into just just overall a good time, I think. Like, I think it's a really good time. You know what? Like, it's looking at, like, what came out in 1999, like, it kind of didn't stand a chance. Yeah. Like, 99, 2000. Because okay. we're looking at the Sixth Sense, The Mummy, The Matrix, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, American a lot, Pride. a lot, like, a lot. It got lot of... swallowed by yeah. a lot of really good movies. Uh, yeah, like, it was... Uh... I think it's unfair to the movie, though, that it didn't even hit 100K. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a shame. I know people with cars that are more expensive than what that movie grossed. Right? <laughs> like, $30,000, like, honestly, that's not a lot. I mean... That's, that's not so good. a lot of money. And it got <laughs> enough traction where 10 years later they made a sequel. Yeah, it's it's so funny, the whole concept of, like, the cult classic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love... I generally enjoy a lot of cult classic movies. So it, it's it's absolutely on brand for me to like this movie. And plus it's just... it Like I said, it had a lot of humor in it. And, and the brother, Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus were amazing as brothers. Like, you, I couldn't be convinced that they weren't brothers in real life. Like, mm-hmm. they had such good chemistry together as yeah. brothers. Yeah, The Irish accents, kind of... It, it was a little rough. A little rough. Yeah, but, like, if you watch then, it, if but, you watch it enough times, it's endearing and you don't care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you tried. And that's fine. But, like I said, aside from that, like, honestly, like, their performance together was... It was so good, and like I said, so likable. And I kept like thinking, I kept thinking about Batman. Okay. Because obviously another vigilante, and I'm like, maybe that's what Batman was missing, like actually murdering people. (laughs) Because 
I found like I just found them so endearing despite their actions. And generally it's like, well, you know, whether you support the whole vigilante thing or not, you know, again, these these guys aren't Thank you, puppy. Uh, these guys are doing, they're doing bad things. Yes, they're killing bad people, but just like in the, the TV show Dexter, Dexter only killed bad people, but he's still killing people. You know, the difference here is, is that in, in, in modern media, right? You got a lot of gray, like, yeah, they're bad people, but like, there's a lot of gray in, in that bad, right? Yeah. Like this movie, it was just, no, you're a bad guy. You do these bad things, you're bad. It was very black and white, and it didn't care about trying to get, go into the gray. Yeah. Like it just went, no, you're 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 shitty. They and I said, like I said earlier, they remained likable the entire time. Mm -hmm. There was never a story arc where one of them went rogue or one of them kind of went nuts and killed a good person or what. They legitimately stayed good, likable vigilante killers. Yeah. The entire time. Mm -hmm. And I was... This is a movie that I will legitimately sit down and watch again. It could be a background, but I will also be like, I'm going to watch Boondock Saints today. Yeah. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch Boondock Saints. Yeah. Worth mentioning, just because it's something that we didn't talk about. They do use some foul... Not foul. They use foul language, but they also derogatory. use... Derogatory. They use derogatory words. Uh, this movie didn't bother me in it, in it nearly as much as, uh, The Departed did, because it didn't, anytime it came up, it felt, Willem Dafoe used, used the F word at one point, mm -hmm. and, and it was just so quick that, uh, okay, I guess, I'm not saying that it was go okay, but right. like, but like it, it just it happened so quickly that whatever. And then they used the N word at one point, but it was for but the character that they were trying to get to use the word the, the N word. Rocco's telling a joke because he's the funny man, yeah. And he says uh, and he says black guy, and all the mafia guys are like, no, you use this word, and he's like, ah, because like, they're Italians and notoriously Italians have right. something against black people. So, so, so he so it, it kind of I don't want to say it made sense. Because that's it never makes sense to use that word. Let's make that blanket statement. But in the context of who that who the characters were, right? For them, and also they could see that it made Rocco uncomfortable to say that word. Right. So they were pushing him to say that word. So he begrudgingly does end up saying these words because again, these are his bosses, and where they wouldn't just fire him, they would kill him. Yeah. So. Yeah, the derogatory. It didn't happen as much as I thought it would, though. It it, it didn't happen nearly as much as did yeah. the Departed. Oh yeah, no, the Departed. <laughs> oh, hands up. Speaking of the Departed. Oh God. Here's a weird connection. I don't like that movie. <laughs> so in the Departed, one of the stars of the movie was Martin Sheen. Okay. And we talked about Martin Sheen, and you said you were upset when he died because that was President Bartlett. Correct. And I was like, you know, I never watched The West Wing. And then you did. And then because of, and literally, like, <laughs> the next day after we recorded that episode, I started watching The West Wing, absolutely fell in love with it, binged the whole entire series, yes. and I now, you know, want a Bartlett for President Sweatshirt, which I found on TeePublic. Nice. And I know, I really want to get one. <laughs> they had a... I will digress. I'll tell that story <laughs> later. Uh, anyway, the point of my story is, so I have very recently watched all of the West Wing. Yes. When Rocco first showed up, I thought Rocco was played by Ron Silver. Ah. Uh, who played Bruno? Yes. In the West Wing. Yes. 
It was not Ron's. Because I got real excited because I was like, it's Bruno! Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Uh, that's not him. I understand why you would say that, though. But it, he kind of looks like him. Yeah. Um, but so then I looked it up, and kind of confusingly, the actor who plays Rocco is named David Della Rocco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his character in the movie is named David Della Rocco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and apparently the part was written for him. Because I, I, I looked it up. Oh, and I didn't I'm like, know that. I was like, what the frig? Like, why would they do that? The reason they named the character after him is because the part was written for him. Oh, I, fun fun little sentence I literally just happened to catch a glimpse of. Uh, again, Wikipedia, whatever. The film was finally given a limited theatrical release of only five theaters for one week due to movie studio pol- uh, politics and worries about association to the 1999 Columbine High School Massacre. Maybe that's why it didn't do yeah, that well. Yeah, that was a thing that happened in 99. We'll not talk about that. We don't. That that was a weird week. Uh, I was a senior in high school. I and, was a child. Uh, there, Every single school in my county had a bomb scare. Yeah. You know, it was weird. Yeah. But anyway, this, this thank you. <laughs> You're this, welcome. This movie was so much fun. It I had asked Chad if he had seen this movie before. And he was like, yeah. He's like, I've seen this a bunch of times. He's like, when I was in college, like, that's all we watched. <laughs> movie movie ends. Chad was like, now do you see why dudes in college like this movie? Yeah. I was like, I do. I loved you. It. it was so good. I'm me, a dude in college. Me and the college dudes are so super down with the, with the Boondock Saints. Yeah, no, it was, like I said, this, I will legitimately like this is a yeah like let's have fun let's watch a fun shoot 'em up yeah like i'll watch this i'll double feature it with fucking like tombstone or something like i want all the guns i want all the shoot 'em ups yeah that would be a fun double feature it's a weird double feature but it's fun i'll take it i'll take it (laughs) yeah good film great film i love it i watch it every year and no and i think it's absolutely adorable like i love that for you and your dad that you were like eh, well it's fucking boondocks eight time like it's such a tradition to the point where i actually happen to find uh uh t-shirts that are like in like they're green in the style of saint patrick's day but they say boondock saints they got a couple of kegs on it like and dad and i wear these shirts you have to you have to (laughs) you are gonna wear like the team jersey to a sporting event yeah. And fucking wear your Boondock Saints exactly. shirt on PayPal. I wear this shirt once a year. That's it. There you go. But you know what? Money worth it. Yeah, worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm glad you. I'm very glad you liked this movie. Yeah. It makes me very happy, and makes me. It also makes me a little sad that I didn't enjoy Con Air nearly as much as you enjoyed <laughs> this film. And no, I'm and sorry. that's okay. You know what? That's that's tough. That would. I feel like it's it's such a different type of movie that that's kind of tough to expect somebody to like it as much as me because I am, as we've discovered, a weirdo. Right. So. (laughs) (laughs) Is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Okay. We've we've ranted about this for plenty of time. Far too long. (laughs) Uh, This has potentially been our longest episode yet. Really? No, I feel like one has been longer. Really? I feel like we talked, one of the Harrison Ford movies, I feel like we went well over an hour. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. So be it. <laughs> Good movie. I didn't mind. Didn't mind diving in the scene by scene with it because it was just. It was, it was such, it was, it was, it was and I'll really tell you what, uh, talking about it, it didn't do it justice. Uh, the, 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 the comedy behind it, the, 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 that, and there's plenty of cinematography and a couple different things that I've noticed after watching it so many times where uh, there's, there's certain cuts that don't make sense. Uh, we, I'll, I could talk about that with okay. you another time, but uh, like, if if you watch this, if you've never seen this movie for nothing else, watch it for Willem Dafoe's performance. One hundred percent. He's 
He's just... He does <sighs> this character so well. Yes. Like, like I know I've talked before about how I thought he did a really good Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. He, but this is this is my favorite character he's ever done. Yeah, he, it's so good. It's 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 like it's eccentric but smart, and I think I'll leave it at that. He's eccentric and smart. Yeah, and he's just he he just does such he's a good fun. job with this character. Like this was one of those things where I'm curious on paper how much was on paper with this character and how much he just and made how up. much Willem Dafoe was like. You know what else I'm gonna do with him? <laughs> I'm gonna make him do this. Like I, I would love to know how much. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how much he influenced it and how much was already there. That that yeah. I'd be curious. Go I'd, watch this movie. Yeah, I'd be curious. <laughs> I'd be curious to sit down and play Dream Phone with Willem Dafoe. <laughs> if I played Mall Madness <laughs> with Nick Cage, I want Willem Dafoe to come to my house and uh, we'll make pulled pork sandwiches and play Dream Phone. See? Do you see how I have plans for all these guys that are going to come hang out with me? I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that said, I think we're done. I think we're good. Uh, go, go hit us up on all of our social media good crap and uh, I can't wait to see what we're going to do next month. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite excited. Again, we're going to get the ball rolling two episodes a month. Hopefully. That's, yeah, that's the plan. I, that, that, is, is, that is the that's plan. That's our plan. We're going to do it like two Irish vigilante killers. We're going to see this through. Yep. We have the willpower to do it. Hell yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> How good was our clap? Was it enough to end it on the clap? No, we say goodbye. We say goodbye. <laughs> this guy takes a blunt object fucking... Ah.